0: Welcome to the Amber Knight Superhero Podcast with Simo Suahamo. This show is your backstage pass to discussions with world-class influencers in the field of health, nutrition, and high performance. We bring you the selected tips and insights that you can use to upgrade your life and become unstoppable.
1: And we are live at the Superhero Podcast. We are... Uh doing this talk with Ryan Munsey, chief optimizer, uh, author, podcasts host, uh you've worn so many different titles along the years Ryan. We're we're uh, on the train here from from Biohacker Summit. Uh how do you how do you uh, usually introduce yourself?
0: Uh that's a great question. I usually just say I'm Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh no, it's it's it is tough. It's. I've had this talk on a couple other podcasts before because I'm. I'm kind of hard to pigeonhole into, like, hey, here's a dude who does one thing. He's, he's a fitness writer, or he's a biohacker, or podcast host. And, um, you know, I, I'm very much like you. I'm, I'm easily fascinated. I'm a curious person, and uh, I just want to pursue things, go down those rabbit holes. And, you know, it's it's taken me from from fitness model to personal trainer, nutritionist, gym owner, uh, biohacker, speaker, author, all these different things. And, you know, as you accumulate information, you want to share it. And, you know, that's where the author and podcast stuff has has come into play. And uh, yeah, so like you said, a lot of different hats.
1: So how did you uh, initially get get uh, fascinated by the field of optimizing human What's What's the story there?
0: Oh, man, I guess... Human performance, from a physical standpoint, has always fascinated me. Uh, I I grew up playing sports. I was a lifetime athlete. I went to Clemson, and my best friend from high school was actually a high jumper at Clemson. And... By being friends with him, I got to hang out with the track team at Clemson. At the time, there were guys on that team who still play in the NFL today. Uh, I got to see, uh, there were also 100 um, meter sprinters who, um, you know, Clemson was uh, where Sean Crawford went to school and, you know, he was a 100 meter sprinter for the U.S. Uh, in the Olympics. And you know, so, so football players and sprinters, I, I got to see, you know, at arm's length and, and you see, when you've seen uh, physical. I don't want to say perfection, but when you've seen an athlete who has that and you've seen it that close, you just know that there's something different about them, that there's something special. And um, it's just something that I wanted to learn how to be a better athlete, be faster, be stronger, uh, obviously look better. Um, you know, that's we can't ignore that that is a compelling aspect of it for everybody. Um, so, th- So that's where the physical side came from. On the mental side, I started my business, the, the gym, House of Strength, in 2012. And at that point, I realized that I needed to stop reading about sets and reps and, and training protocols. And I needed to, you know, if anybody out there is an entrepreneur, and, and you know this, you wear every hat in the business. That's right. Uh, you, you clean toilets. You do the marketing. You, uh, you know, you, 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 you do everything. Every single hat on so, top of each other. Yeah. And, and you have to learn all of it. You have to learn it all very, very fast. And, and that was 2012 for me. And that's when I first really was introduced to Dave Asprey and Bulletproof. Uh, I've always liked intermittent fasting and I love coffee. So when somebody said, like, you got to check out this guy, <laughs> I, I, it resonated with me. Um, I can believe that. And that's when, you know, I, I, I got introduced to nootropics and, you know, it was, hey, if I can learn faster and learn better and, you know, am better able to, you know, communicate and share share this information with other people um, you know so so 2012 and, and bulletproof was really my kind of introduction to all of this
1: all right so uh, at the biohacker conference uh, we we've had a pretty heavy emphasis on on uh, on cognitive performance cognitive performance memory hacking uh, optimizing your optimizing your capability to remember things recall things and also also creativity so so, uh, tell me a bit about what you do at uh, Natural Stacks, your company.
0: So, Natural Stacks is is an amazing company to get to work with, and for um, we were just talking about this on the train. the The variety of people that we get to help and work with is is it's mind blowing, and it's so fun because one day we're talking to uh, a neuroscientist about you know how to eat and how to live a lifestyle that you know, enables us to avoid cognitive decline, um, you know, optimize, uh, our synapses in our brain. And then the next day we're talking to, uh, somebody who's literally a rocket scientist and, and we're helping them, you know, optimize their workflow and, and, you know, be more focused and get more out of their brain. And, and then the next day we're talking to somebody who takes our nootropic Siltep and climbs Mount Everest with it. And, you know, then the next day we've got Olympic athletes and it's just, it's so much fun to get to help people from across every spectrum, whether it's, uh, you know, nutrition or, or fitness or, uh, you know, coders that, that common thread is that we all want, to do, be, to do and achieve, and be more as a human. Exactly. So I think that that common thread runs through everybody, no matter how you um, express it, or, or no matter what your pursuit is. And and it's so fun to uh, to get to share that passion and and to learn about everyone's unique uh, way of doing it and practicing it.
1: Yeah, that's what I personally find so inspiring about the, the line of work you and me do. Yeah. As as founders in this space, that it's it's all about human thriving, right? right. No matter no matter what your mountain, what your pursuit, mm-hmm. there's always that extra edge that you're looking for. There's always that that uh, that next level you want to be at. And uh, and uh, speaking of that, what would be your kind of it, it, when when you're looking at cognitive optimizing in a nutshell? What what should someone just uh, about to delve into this field uh, look into? uh as a as a, a 2080 rule when you when you're really looking at what what brings the uh the uh, 80 80% out
0: well i'm as you're asking this question i'm trying to think of like what perspective am i going to take how am i going to answer this and and i think
1: and i know there's so many but there are so i'll, I'll let you choose this time
0: I, so i think like i'll since we talked about like first getting into it in 2012 i I will share some of the things that first helped at that kind of beginner stage but also now as i'm speaking more you know i have to to step back and look, like you said, at that 80 20 rule. So, you know, I have to assume most people in the audience are either beginners or, or you know, relatively new to this um, when I'm speaking. So it's, you, know, you have to be very efficient at what you deliver, um, you know, message wise. But I, I think first and foremost, and, and this is because of my travel situation and coming here, um, sleep. It's, it's number one. It sounds so cliche, uh, but when we sleep, that's when our brain dumps toxins. Um, you know that, that accumulate just through, uh, not not necessarily through what you know environmental or food exposure, um, or you know when we travel, we get exposed to more through you know being in metal tubes and pressure and time zone changes, whatever. But just normal metabolic function produces. Uh, byproduct, you know, just waste, and yes. we have to clear that. We have to dump that at night, and and that only happens when we sleep. So, you know, I basically had forty eight hours uh, coming over here where I had very little sleep, and and I felt like I had to apologize to everybody that I met <laughs> for the first time because I wasn't myself. And and today is actually the first day um, that I'm over here that I've had eight or nine hours of sleep. And, and I can tell a huge difference in my mood, my mental uh, sharpness, the speed at which I can think and, and communicate. And, and everything is better for having slept better. So the real Ryan is back now? The real Ryan is back now. The real now. Ryan is back, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. The, the real Ryan stood up. So That's great. Welcome um,
1: Welcome back, Ryan.
0: So so I think, you know, first and foremost is sleep. Like that that is by far the most powerful nootropic. And, and, and you know, if you don't sleep, Uh, it affects you in the short term, but it also affects you in the long term. Uh, You know, if you live a life, um, you know, I just described what happened to me without clearing that metabolic waste on a a daily or in an acute setting. But if that adds up, it's the same thing as like sitting. If if you sit for a day, yeah, your hips and your low back hurt. But if you do that for a lifetime, you're going to develop chronic issues physically. Same thing with your mind. And that's what we see with a lot of, you know, cognitive decline or, um, you know, things like Alzheimer's, um, you know, so, so there's tons of science and research out there that shows, you know, that, that training your mind, uh, through all sorts of different practices, you know, obviously we want to exercise our mind in different ways, whether it's, you know, learning an instrument or a new language or, you know, crossword puzzles, different brain games and things like that to keep it sharp and train its different abilities. But, you know, then we also want to, to do different practices like yoga or meditation, uh, gratitude, things that, you know, keep our brain and our mind, um, you know, sharp and developing those qualities that, that will help us through a lifetime. So I think that's, that's where I would start. Um, but then if we want to dive into nootropics and, and go down that whole road, um, you know, there's so many things that we can do, um, to what I would call, uh, Optimize traits or or a day, um, you know. So it's like, hey, this is Friday or this is Monday. What do I need to really get done today? And I think the most important thing that I would stress to somebody new to nootropics is you need to identify what your goal is for that given day. You and I both know this that you know some days you need to be more creative, so you want to be able to think laterally, get outside the box, link thoughts together. Then there are other days where. Uh, you have to produce, or you have to get kind of you have to get dirty in the, exactly. the tedious, monotonous stuff. So you want trenches. something, yeah, you want something that maybe your mind is not wandering. It's it's much more focused, and and it's a much calmer, smoother, uh, you know, slower burn as yeah. opposed to being like you know scattered or, or flitting and uh, connecting thoughts. And I call that like thinking laterally. So. What are you trying to accomplish? And then realizing that all nootropics affect everybody differently. You and I could both take Siltep and have a slightly different experience. Now, in general, it's going to help us feel more engaged in what we're doing and more focused. So it's great on those days where you have to do that focused activity and, um, you know, be at your best for a long period of time. Um, You know,
1: everyone truly is different. I
0: mean, like starting from a cup. I mean, like. People often don't notice that
1: or, or don't realize that when we're talking yeah. about nootropic, it, it, it starts from a cup of coffee or a
0: cup of tea. It, it does. It's in, in...
1: And even those effects are different. I, yeah. I, I for example, I'm a caffeine uh, slow metabolizer. Okay. So, so out of, out of uh, testing my own genome, I know that a smaller amount of caffeine is sufficient for me right. to to get that same amount of stimulation out of it.
0: Yep, I'm, I, I, I am the same way, actually. I'd never go more than like 200, uh, 250 milligrams a day. I don't really measure that, but I just know like how much coffee I can handle. Uh, or if I have to take it in pill form, like a lot of times when we travel, so Natural Stacks makes smart caffeine, right, shameless, yeah. shameless plug. But uh, I know if I <laughs> that take that, that, that I'll only take 200 milligrams a day, one in the morning and one around midday. But you know, I'm very sensitive to caffeine, so like, I can do tea and get a stimulus, uh, stimulation you know, from that um, where other people can take seven, eight to 800,000 milligrams of caffeine and, and not feel anything. But caffeine, coffee and tea are great. But yeah, it, it's to your point, and that's that's where I was going originally. Was that every nootropic is going to affect every person differently? So in this world of nootropics, people are always asking, you know, well, how does this compare to this, and you know, which one's better? And and it's goal dependent. What are you trying to do with it? But it's also individual, unique. Where we all have a unique brain chemistry, we're all going to respond differently to every different nootropic. You know, so look at not what. The marketing for it really says, but look at the ingredients, learn how they're supposed to affect you. Uh, is this going to boost choline? What does choline do? You know, that increases mental processing speed. Uh, if I'm already fast at, at processing things, and, and I know this from doing QEEGs and taking the Braverman test, which I'll tangent off of this now and just say that that i would encourage anybody who's interested in pursuing nootropics to start with some sort of a baseline under, a sort of baseline.
1: understanding the baseline
0: yeah understand who you are and and where you want to go it'd be like saying you know it, it, it it's where where am i on the map you've got to know where you are and and how you work or how you tick in order to optimize yourself like you you if we took this and compared it to personal training or, or diet like if you go to see a strength coach or a personal trainer, you're going to get a physical assessment, and he's going to say these are your weaknesses. This is what we need to work on. This is how we get you better. Same thing with your brain. If you're if you lack focus, if you're not attentive, then we need to th- do things that you know increase focus. We need to lower that alpha brain wave, increase beta brain waves, get that ratio more into your favor. We only know this from you know getting either a qeeg, so you can get your brain scan and know what kind of brainwave profile you have, or uh, the Braverman test, like I mentioned, if you just Google Braverman
1: test. Braverman test. How, how, do, you, how do you spell that B- to R- all of our listeners out there?
0: Googling? Yeah. So Eric Braverman wrote the book, The Edge Effect, and uh, he's a clinical psychologist. It's B-R-A-V-E-R-M-A-N.
1: All right. And everything is going to be on the show notes, folks, so, yeah. so you can drop your pencils right now.
0: Yeah. There's also one of those at neurotest.me. Neurotest.me? Yeah. And that's a quick 10, 15 minute, uh, yes or all yes or no answers. So it's, it may not be as accurate as like measuring your neurotransmitters through a urine test, but you can have the answers in 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. So it's a great snapshot of where you are. Uh, and if you're going to start optimizing these things and playing with them, it'll tell you, uh, that test has two parts. First part is your, uh, kind of your default setting. So you learn whether or not your dopamine, serotonin, choline, or GABA in nature. And then f- the second part tells you if you have any current imbalances or deficiencies in any of those. So, you know, I know that my nature uh, was was actually equal parts choline and dopamine. Equal parts
1: choline and dopamine. Right. So high motivation. Yeah.
0: And, um, you know, I also know from doing the EEG that I tend to produce more alpha brain waves than the norm. So again, like I'm kind of a fast thinker. I see the big picture of things. Um, but if I don't kind of pull that in and rein that in, then it can manifest itself as what would be classified as being ADD or, you know, kind of getting stuck in neutral. So, you know, for me, taking something like Siltep that we know from our studies reduces the alpha brain waves, gets me more into that focus point. So again, like I would just encourage people to get that baseline for themselves. Sure. So when you would be
1: looking at something like body composition, you would be looking at a at a kind of a gold standard way of measuring that, like a DEXA scan, like a bone density scan. So what would be the equivalent? In the in the uh, cognitive enhancement world, I, I think it's that gold standard. I think
0: it, it, I don't know if I would call it a gold standard, but either of those two are good starting points. QEEG, um, you can get a neurotransmitter test. Uh, either the Braverman, you can do that with. Uh, there's urine tests for that. I think I think if you're going to look for a gold standard, I think the urine test would beat Braverman for the neurotransmitter test, only because it's completely objective. Whereas the Braverman yes, no is subjective. You know, you could take it today and then you could take it tomorrow after a great workout and your answers are going to be different. Sure. But that's also because your neurotransmitters are different after a great workout. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Also a great nootropic workout. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not so surprising. So what's after, after determining the baseline, what would be the next step?
0: Well, it's, it's figuring out what you want to do with it so you know if 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 i am simply a coder and that's all i do then you know i'm going to want to look for things that help me increase my focus and you know i'm assuming that that's where the coder lacks maybe if they lack creativity then you know they need to look at something that helps boost creativity but you know we talked about this yesterday uh, at length you know, are you a producer or are you a consumer? I think most people listening to this would be a producer, and they're trying to produce something. But there are days as a producer where you're either doing research, uh, or you're brainstorming, or you're actually doing the writing process. So I think if you break it down into all three of those, you may want a different nootropic stack for each of those three days. Um, you know, so so if I'm producing, I think that's so that's the next step. You find out your baseline, and then it's what. What stacks work for me on what different day? It takes a lot of experimentation. There's no blanket statement. And that's sure. what, that's what makes the world of nootropics both exciting and kind of tough to talk about because yeah. so many people wanting to get started in anything want a blanket statement. But
1: we don't even have language for discussing many of these benefits or uh, discussing many of these effects. Right. Let alone having a, a common standard that we could refer to.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no, this is a very good point. So, um... You know, you get your baseline, you figure out how you want to go, um, you know, what, what your goal is. And then, you know, I think do your research. Find a couple of different types of nootropics and experiment with what works for you. You know, we've, we've thrown a few of them out there. I mean, with, with Natural Stacks, we look at our Siltep as kind of like the foundation. It's an everyday nootropic. And then from there, you can add things into it. You know, obviously, you know, I work for Natural Stacks, so I'm very familiar with our product line. So this is not me plugging ours as much as it is. I don't want to talk about somebody else's that I'm not as familiar with. Sure. Um, but with dopamine and serotonin brain food, uh, we actually have. GABA, and acetylcholine brain food coming out. Uh, They will be out by first quarter 2017. But the idea is that, you know, you have all four of those neurotransmitters that are involved with the Braverman test. And if you know what you need, then you can take whatever you need for your needs to get into that favorable balance so that you can be at your best. And then Siltep stacks well with each of those because it works on a different pathway to increase focus and uh, memory. So, you know, you get that kind of mood boost that you want the, or the drive motivation if, if it's dopamine. So that's really cool. And I think it allows the, that's our goal is to put the resources out there, put out as many tools in the Experimenter or entrepreneur or biohacker's toolbox as possible, so that you can use whatever tool you need for you know your either needs or wants. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that people often misunderstand about nootropics is uh, is the uh, the uh, origin of these of these uh, compounds that we use. So so uh, so uh, how would you describe how would you you describe uh, nootropics as 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 compounds. As we know, many of them are actually derived from food.
0: Yeah. And that's a really, it's its an interesting topic because you're right. Most people hear nootropics and they think that it's this like uh, a borderline, you know, not safe thing. There are different classes of nootropics. So you have pharmaceuticals, things like modafinil that you have to have a prescription for. You have the In between kind of the gray area where you're looking at the racetams, they are synthetically synthesized, but they do come from natural components. So you do have some people who uh, will lump racetams into natural, but... It's a gray area. That's why we call it a gray area. Sure.
1: And also regulatory-wise on, on the gray area. Yeah, so... Currently, so, apparently unregulated in, in the U.S. In the U.S.,
0: for us, it's not an issue. But, you know, I, I know that there are some U.S.-based companies that cannot get racetam uh, products into certain countries in Europe. So So that right there just shows you that, yeah, it is a gray thing. Exactly. But then there's also amino acids that some countries don't let in. And that falls under... Amino acids would fall under the category of the... The, the third class of nootropics, which is uh, uh, nutraceuticals, things that come from nature or food. Now, at Natural Stacks, everything we do is, is 100% natural. So every nootropic that we make comes from vitamins, minerals, amino acids, uh, or plants and herb. Uh, so Siltep, for example, contains five ingredients, artichoke extract, forscolin, uh, phenylalanine, vitamin B6, and acetyl L-carnitine. So you have two amino acids, two herbs, and one B-vitamin. You know, with with some of our other ones, we have caffeine from coffee and L-theanine, which is another amino acid. That's what's in um, Smart Caffeine. Serotonin Brain Food is uh, again amino acids uh, and then an herb, Rhodiola rosea. That's a beautiful formulation because Rhodiola is an adaptogenic herb. It's been used for centuries in Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine to reduce stress and cortisol. The reason that it's the first ingredient or the main component of our serotonin brain food is that when cortisol is elevated, our body can't go down that serotonin pathway uh, the way that we want it to. So by first reducing cortisol with rhodiola, you know you get this sensation of kind of a cap on the upper limit of stress that you can feel. Hmm, interesting. And then those other components, the the precursors to serotonin brain food, are the remaining ingredients in our product, and, and they're just like I said, uh, there's zinc, there's selenium, there's vitamin B, there's L-tryptophan, uh, which is an amino acid, and they can now go down that pathway and help us produce serotonin like we want. And that's how we get that positive mood. So we're using all natural compounds. And, and if formulated with, you know, uh, a, I don't want to say fragile, that's not the right word, but, you know, y- if you do it in a delicate way that is sustainable for the body, uh, which is our approach, then, then you can use these things on a daily basis to get both short-term benefit and long-term benefit is something that's safe that you can take for a long time because we're not forcing pathways. There's no down regulation. There's no receptor issues. So I think that's something you bring up a good point that if if people are skeptical when they hear the word nootropics, you know, do the research, look into it. Um, You know, as a company, we're trying to educate customers and consumers on those nootropic uh, pathways and, and how things work and why they work and why we are different um, because not a lot of companies are doing that and it's not really something that like you said there's there's very little language for this exactly. so it's, it's very hard for somebody who's interested to go google you know how did nootropics work
1: yeah we really lack the definitions and the whole landscape yeah it,
0: you, there's no telling what you get if you google that uh, or who's saying it or whatever
1: yeah I, I often say uh, that the Chinese were the original biohackers uh, because the, uh, the Chinese herbal medicine and, and indeed the, uh, the uh, uh, Ayurvedic medicine has, yeah. has uh, millennia of experience in, in taking advantage of these herbs, of these exceptional foods. So looking at your, your uh, own uh, daily choices in food, what, what does your, what does your uh, kitchen look like?
0: Oh, man. So I, like I said earlier, I, I love intermittent fasting. You know, so my kitchen's pretty empty in the morning. (laughs) Uh, I'm also a a one meal a day person. It just works for me. You know, I eat once and then I'm done with eating and I can get on with my day and my life. I will wake up in the morning and either do exogenous ketones or bulletproof coffee. And then I fast until mid afternoon where I'll have my one meal. Uh, I'm big proponent of either ketosis or uh, minimal effective dose for oh, carbohydrates. So uh, we'll come back.
1: We'll come back. And we are back on the train. You're tuned in to the superhero podcast, uh, sitting, sitting back here on the train with uh, Ryan Munze chief optimizer. Uh, we are, uh, we, uh, we
0: are, should uh, we tell them what we did last night, but between take one and take (laughs) two,
1: (laughs) let's, let's do it. So, so there was a, there was a 24 hour period where we
0: had to cut it short (laughs) because the train actually stopped and it was our stop. (laughs) We had to stop recording, get off the train. Uh, we hiked like several miles or kilometers through the, uh, snow covered forest. And, uh, then we did some traditional Finnish sauna.
1: Yes we did
0: some ice swimming completely with
1: some with some dips in a in a freezing river
0: yes and there was a lot of food there was Camping in the snow. <laughs> we did successfully camp. Uh, not all of us did successfully sleep during that camping. But... <laughs> and, and not all of us were successfully warm. <laughs> the fire went out in our tent. <laughs> it did. Yes. Yes. It, it, we, we managed to keep the
1: fire alive in in ours, but I think your your heater or, or uh, your fireplace wasn't as
0: efficient in keeping up keeping up the heat. I think it was human error. We we, we failed to continue to add wood, and uh, there was there was an individual who snored all night and kept us awake as well so uh between the snoring and the cold it was uh we didn't optimize our sleep last night as we just finished talking about at the end of part one of this that's
1: true that's true there was a lot of hormetic stress involved which hopefully made our minds and bodies even tougher the 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 way i described it to to them i think was high intensity interval irritation when every 15 minutes someone woke up and effectively walked right through you to going back 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 some back some woods back into the uh into the fireplace it's a hormetic treasure
0: we had 24 hours of as much hormetic stress as possible
1: this is true this is true condensed hormetic
0: experience so so we're more superhuman maybe tomorrow after we super compensate than we were yesterday. This is true. This is true.
1: I'm I'm a solid believer in, in, in that recovery. Will, it will definitely make us stronger. It will. It definitely will. W- was that anything like you expected, though? It's your first time in Finland, right? It is
0: my first time in Finland. Uh, it's my first time in Europe. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what a I kicked it off with <laughs> a trip of first. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yes. Snowy camping in Finland. Dude, uh, it's hard to top that off. It is. It is. I-, I think it is very close to what I expected. I knew that there was going to be some organized uh, camping. And I was I was aware that you know some things were going to be provided that it wasn't going to be, you know that we weren't going to have to hunt and kill our own food or pick <laughs> our own berries. Which you know by the way the the food was amazing. Uh, Vessi and the Sahala Estate had a full time cook has a full time cook on staff yes. who was there, and I don't think she left the kitchen the whole time we were there. I, did, I didn't, see,
1: didn't see her outside the kitchen at, at any time. Whenever was we was amazing. Yeah,
0: whenever we weren't eating, she was either preparing the next meal or cleaning up from, from the other one. So big thank you to them.
1: Huge thank
0: you to Vessi and and the Sahala estate for, for taking good care of us. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, I think it's in, in some ways it was exactly what I expected. And in some ways it was nothing like what I expected. (laughs) There there were, there were mocks of the American inhibition. So, so that being my first experience with the uh, traditional Finnish saunas, yeah, you know, there were there were some things that were new to me, and, and I can honestly say that I didn't expect that. But it wasn't it wasn't you know a big deal. Just definitely didn't expect it. Sure.
1: So, so uh, to all of our listeners, we we went to uh went to have a full Finnish sauna experience, all all uh complemented with with washing with with the birches with uh with uh basically. Uh, dipping into the uh, ice cold river, uh, getting back to the sauna with Vessi telling us some some Finnish folklore and uh, and a sharing, <laughs> sharing and filling us in and uh, uh, with uh, with with uh, the traditional way of of the Finnish sauna.
0: There were even some kettlebell swings in there somewhere out, <laughs> outside.
1: <true>. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So where we left off was uh, I was asking you about your kitchen. What does your kitchen look like? Uh, looking from you know, like from a. From an, an uh, chief optimizers perspective,
0: it definitely does not look like the average kitchen. Uh, there's no processed food. You know, there, there's much more in the refrigerator than in the pantry. The things in the pantry are more of supplements and uh, you know things that you know assist with preparing the, the whole foods. Um, you know, so I am. I wouldn't call myself uh, paleo. I wouldn't call myself keto, but those are definitely words that you could probably use to describe me. Uh, That's just not how I describe myself. I I do believe that we need to minimize the number of carbs that we eat over our lifetime. Uh, So for me, on a daily basis or a weekly basis, I'm trying to find the minimal effective dose. uh, And that's going to vary for for me, but but also for any individual. I think that that depends heavily on both the intensity and the frequency with which you exercise. Sure. So if I'm doing CrossFit-style workouts four times a week, I'm going to need more carbohydrates than if I'm only doing yoga and no high-intensity workouts. Sure. So I follow intermittent fasting. I actually do one meal a day, and I usually eat that sometime between 12 and 4. Uh, It just depends on the day. I don't worry about the time. I don't worry about how long it's been since my last fast. And in that one meal, I'm usually eating somewhere around... 1.5 1.5 grams of protein per kilogram, which for me, uh, I'm just under 200 pounds, uh, so I'm I'm around 100 to 150 grams of protein uh, in a day, and I'm uh, I I do prescribe to a high fat diet. I, I think there's so many benefits from that. Um, I drink bulletproof coffee in the morning or exogenous ketones. I don't do. A whole lot of ghee anymore. I usually do about a tablespoon of brain octane and maybe another tablespoon of ghee per French press for my coffee.
1: Mm-hmm. Any, any reason for you cutting down on the, on the ghee?
0: Uh, I did some experiments with exogenous ketones and just felt better with less uh, dietary fat in the morning. Uh, I felt like that helped me get more into uh, burning body fat for fuel. Uh, it's enough to, to kind of kickstart that, but not so much that you don't use your own. Right. And yeah, so, so I do the coffee in the morning on days that I don't do the coffee, I would either do exogenous ketones or, uh, I'm fasting full on for some other different reason. And then, like I said, I eat my one meal. Um, if, if it's been a heavy lift day or if it's one of those days where I need carbs, I'll have, uh, usually about a hundred to 150 grams of carbs. If I do that, then I drop my fat for the day. If I am not having carbs on that day, then I have more fat with my protein at that meal. I eat tons of vegetables. There's so many health benefits from vegetables. And, you know, I just feel I've always felt better, more vegetables I eat. So the biggest variety and the most, uh, um, the largest amount that I can eat in a given day is is, is a win for me. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things to do in, in the U.S. is uh, it, when I travel, I always go to Whole Foods and get the, uh, you know, they have the, the salad bar, the hot food yep. bar. And you can just, it's it's, it's already been foraged for you (laughs) (laughs) and you can get as many different vegetables as you can. Uh, you know, there's just no way that you could eat 15 different vegetables at home without a lot of effort and a lot of like <laughs> so leftovers or uh, you, you probably could, but you'd be food prepping for a week if you did that. So. That's
1: so true. I'm a big sucker for the uh, whole food salad bar. My salads always end up costing like 30 bucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> but if I only eat one meal a day, I can justify it. Exactly. If, right? you know, well, that's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, which brand of uh, exogenous ketones uh, have you, have you found This is question.
0: be um, the best one? So I've used Two different ones. I've used the Keto Sport, uh, Keto Kana, uh, and I have used the It Keto OS. I like both, and, and I think there's they, they each have their own use. So the, the Keto Sport is non-caffeinated, and it's in a tub. So if I'm not wanting caffeine with it for some reason... Uh, or if I'm at home, I can use that one and add either uh, smart caffeine or bulletproof coffee without the ghee and the MCT oil. If I wanted the caffeine keto OS, I buy caffeinated and I get it in the single serve to go packs, which are amazing for travel. Uh, you don't have to wake up and worry about how and where you're going to find coffee. Uh, you can just wake up, dump that into a water bottle and down it. And 30 seconds after you wake up, you're, you're good to go and that's it. Very so, handy. Yeah. So one of the other things that I've always done is uh, I, I start my day with a morning drink that I call it a detox drink, but it really has nothing to do with detox. <laughs> uh, one of the ingredients is a teaspoon of sea salt. So, teaspoon of sea salt. So it, it sometimes it's hard to travel with that. So the the Keto OS or the Keto Kana, uh, they both have uh, over a gram of salt per serving. And that's something that a lot of people using exogenous ketones are not aware of, that every serving of, of your ketones, is usually like 1.5 to 1.6 grams of sodium per serving, because you're taking a ketone salt. So it makes sense. Yeah, it but what, most people don't actually, well, don't think, actually about that. think it R- through. Right. right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I wouldn't have that sodium in my detox drink. I actually don't drink that detox drink on mornings when I have the ketones. But my point being that that I get that salt first thing in the morning with the caffeine and the ketones when I do it that way, right. um, which when I'm traveling is is great. Uh, it's so important to stay mineralized, and uh, the sodium first thing in the morning actually helps us uh, upregulate blood pressure um, without forcing cortisol to do too much work to do that, which protects and kind of saves our adrenals. So that's why that's in my morning detox drink.
1: Great, and uh, and uh, looking at uh, your typical travel kit. Uh, Right now you're you're in and you're for the first time we yeah. ju- we're just in the in the woods did you how did you prepare for this trip uh, you had a pre brutal flight yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the flight was was brutal but um, so I, I always everybody that I coach or work with I always tell people to, to just be as prepared as, as possible and um, the way that I did that for myself on this trip was you know I, individual uh, Tupperware container that had you know I counted out how many days I was going to be gone. So six or seven days, and there's six or seven of each of the pills that I take every morning. So I just open that container every morning, pop those pills. Uh, I think it was six days for this trip. So I have six servings of the caffeinated ketones. Uh, I've only had like one or two of those on this trip just because things have been so weird. And, and
1: <laughs> Things have been very weird.
0: We, we've been fed in ways that I wasn't expecting, uh, better than expected, uh, which is, is a testimony to... Temu and the guys here at Biohacker Summit, but I packed six bars of 100% chocolate. I packed a bunch of individual servings of organic almonds, and I packed a whole bunch of epic protein bars. Uh, they, I get the uncured bacon and the venison oh, bars. Oh, yeah. Those are my the, favorite. The, the two that have zero sugar. Those are super good. So... You know, I've got I've got meat, I've got protein and fats, and I've got fat from the chocolate and the almonds. So, meat, chocolate, almonds, and <laughs> caffeine and ketones. So, I I could survive for quite a few days on that, and and I knew that the only thing I really needed to add was vegetables and. For me, one of the easiest things to do when I'm traveling, if I can't get to uh, a salad bar, is, is sauerkraut. I love fermented vegetables. So I figured, you know, hey, I'm in Europe, I'm in Finland, there's probably going to be some sauerkraut around. Yep. And uh, we turned out a, to be true, too. Yeah, it did. It did. So, combination of how do you like to eat, what of those foods can you pack easily, and what will be available where you're going to be is kind of the strategy to uh, be successful away from home.
1: Yeah, love your travel kit simple,
0: effective and delicious. Let me just say it's it has to be delicious. It has, it has to, be to be food deli- that you want to eat because in, in in often, you know, a lot of times when we travel, you're 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 faced with temptation, I guess for lack of a better word that, you know, I know that when I'm traveling, I want to be on point and and especially with this being a work trip, you know, I had to speak, so I can't afford to have brain fog, uh which, you know, the day before when you're tired and the day before I spoke, I was really tired. And when, when we are tired, we're much more likely to give in to those food temptations. So if the food that I brought to keep me on track is something that I really don't enjoy eating, I'm going to be a lot more likely to go for, you know, food at the airport or food on the train or, or whatever. So I think it is important that and it's also a key to, to sustaining any diet plan. If you don't like what you eat, you're not going to stay on it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You, you have to find those habits that are enjoyable enough for you to to make stick and I think many of our listeners can can relate to the situation where you have to be on point. you are exposed to a variety of stressors from sleep deprivation to a tight schedule to an environment that may be uh something very different from what you're used to mm-hmm. extensive travel uh very limited access to to uh good ingredients frankly like like for example on this train i, I when you when you look at the uh when you look at the cafeteria menu you don't you don't find that many ingredients that you could, you could really, really call uh, the types of foods that you want to be eating in a, in a situation like this. So, so I think it's just so super important to find those delicious things that you want to do, that you want to incorporate as a daily habit.
0: Speaking of delicious things that are portable and easy to eat when you're traveling, I forgot to mention that I did have some Amber night. You did? I did, I did. Amazing. Um, I don't know what day it was, but it, it was one of the days at the conference. It had to have been Friday. So that bailed me out too. So, All right, yeah. great. That's that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Got to make sure we mention that for you.
1: <laughs> that's so true. After all, after all you have to have to uh find the best products to scratch your own itch as as you're doing as well. Right, right. What's your preferred method of of uh of uh, uh, monitoring your your ketone levels. Do you use uh, keto sticks
0: or... I use the Precision Extra uh, monitor and uh, do the blood ketone testing. A while ago, I tried to experiment with the urine sticks and I don't like peeing on a strip that's that small. And, (laughs) you know, you're basically peeing on your fingers and you're going to get a very kind of subjective reading because you have to hold it up to the bottle, which you also have to touch later on. And now the bottle may be you know covered in your urine and, yeah, and you're trying the to nicest
1: UX there. Yeah, you you're, you're you're trying <laughs> to match
0: colors and it, it, it's it, it's it's not a, it's, it, yeah, you compare that to a digital blood reading where it says <laughs> your ketones are 2.1 millimolar like it, it's it, it's a no-brainer for me it's 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 a lot more expensive um, and I don't test them all the time now when I first started experimenting I basically tested every scenario at least once, so that I knew, hey, this scenario gets me there. And if I know that this scenario gets me there, I don't have to test that anymore. Uh, you know, so like, for example, I tested first thing in the morning, the keto sport and the keto OS. I know that both of those get me into ketosis. I tested uh, bulletproof coffee. Um, and I know that that gets me there, but not as high of a level. So that's three tests. And then I don't have to test in the morning ever again, really, because I know I'm there. I, I may not know the exact number, but I don't. I also don't think it's worth five dollars to to find out.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. You've established enough of a baseline that you can you can just roll with that, right? So, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, of a uh, measuring things, uh, we were we were going through quite extensively the uh, the methods that anyone could use while while uh, determining the baseline for for cognitive hacking. Are there any uh, measurements that you also take regularly, apart from those that you've experimented with and and maybe maybe have discarded from your your uh, routine? No, sleep, uh, activity levels, HRV. Oh, okay. Yeah, any yeah, yeah. yeah, any yeah. Of those.
0: So, so I guess just general wellness. Uh, general yeah. wellness, yeah. like, um, so I wear a Fitbit. I don't know how big of a fan of them I, I really am. My wife got one, and after about two or three weeks of her seeing all this data, me being the biohacker that I am, <laughs> I was like, well, I want to see this data for myself. And it's been really fun to wear it on this trip just to see my steps and, and calorie burn and, and things like that. But um, I really don't put a whole lot of stock into that. It's just kind of something fun to watch. I wish that it would show HRV, but it doesn't monitor HRV. The Aura Ring is something that I'm looking into. I have not tried that yet. I talked to them this weekend. I know that it measures HRV, but it doesn't report it on the app yet. Yeah. Uh, So I think for me, I would love to see one piece of technology that can do it all, that can monitor sleep, can measure HRV, uh, can do heart rate, and show it to me real time during a training session because Aura can't do that. my Fitbit can, and it can do it right on my wrist, not on my phone, which is easy because, I mean, if I'm working out, it's it's, it's very simple. The user experience is very, it, it's a very favorable experience to be able to look at my wrist and see it as opposed to having to pull my phone out, Definitely. you know, take it off of lock mode, open the app, look at it. And, you know, then I'm on my phone. I'm, I'm subject to other distractions taking me away from my workout. So I, I think that's something that I would love to see in biohacking. Uh, there, there's so many pieces of technology that are so close they're missing it's like each one of them is missing one other component yeah. to be able to have them all. Uh so it's like
1: this Venn diagram type of, you know, like pick two, you know, like usability.
0: Can we can we just get it all to overlap? <laughs> uh, yeah. Here's here's Is a, that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask?
1: All you, all you uh tech entrepreneurs listening, all you, all you uh tracker, uh tracker enthusiasts listening, here's a challenge to everyone of us. Uh either you're a creator or user, let's demand and look forward to that one simple tracker to rule them all.
0: Yeah, I I think you would, if you can, if you could create that, you would, you would dominate that market. And, and clearly the demand is there. If you look how many Fitbits have sold, uh, I mean, worldwide, it's, it's ridiculous. It is, it Uh, is. So
1: Yeah. I personally, uh, I definitely, uh, share your views on that. I, I've, uh, solved that, solved that problem by just kind of compromising and finding, uh, good trackers for each application for example the Beddit or mm-hmm. or the mvqs for for measuring sleep and yep. and uh using using specific trackers for physical activity also the ring application as i, as I was just t- telling you the other day that the ring application for me per- personally is is a tough one because you can't can't really uh really uh, uh do any olympic lifting or rock climbing with the with the ring i understand right. what the guys are after there and i i I uh, I uh i've talked to them and i think they're they're uh uh, creating something great, but, but there's still something that, that I'm missing from that usability, which is, mm-hmm. which is, uh, independence of, of sport and, and, and leaving your, leaving your uh, hands for what they're supposed to be doing during
0: physical pursuits. Right. And, and that's, if, if you're wearing this thing to be a fitness tracker and you can't wear it for the fitness activities that you do, it really serves no value. Exactly. And I talked to them about it and, you know, they said That they take it off when they lift, but interestingly, I talked to Ben Greenfield about it, and he leaves his on for pull-ups and you know dumbbell, barbell stuff, and he said it's pretty durable and he hasn't had any issues. So Hmm. interesting. We'll see. Interesting. Uh,
1: When I when I uh, first got my got my Basis B1 uh, uh, tracker, that that's a a a wrist health tracker watch type tracker. I had the issue of of kind of concentrating on. On uh, performing at my best with something attached to my wrist, and I I do know that this is a personal thing. I do know many many friends and athletes and fellow biohackers that don't have an issue with this. Mm-hmm. I even felt I, I felt that even having something on something uh, on your wrist in in you know like a very intensive precision uh, demanding uh, pursuits and, and and physical activities even that for me even was limiting. So so I'm I'm still looking for that magical implant or yep. or, or something. Something like that, and 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 to be to be fair, when I measure, I'm I'm willing to take that compromise. I'm willing to kind of endure through that. But maybe maybe for me, for daily life, that would combine the daily life application and the physical activity application, which are the one the same for every biohacker. I think uh, the there there is still still uh room for that one one tracker to rule them all,
0: as as we saw. Yeah, and I, I would agree. I mean, I think to be clear, I mean, I'm willing to compromise as well. And, you know, because my Fitbit doesn't monitor HRV, I'm using the iFleet Pro app and the iFleet finger sensor, which originally when I started doing HRV, I had a polar, uh, I don't know what number, but it was a heart rate monitor, a chest strap. And to use that in the morning, I would either have to get out of bed and get it wet and then put it on me. Cause I'm not going to sleep with Bluetooth running right across my heart. Yeah. But I would have to get up in the morning and and get it wet to put it on, and then get establish a connection. Or I would have to keep water next to my bed and like somehow try to pour water on the (laughs) sensors without getting water in the bed, which, again, UX not very favorable. Well, simultaneously trying to keep your heart rate at the resting, yeah, resting, not get agitated, exactly, (laughs) right, not get pissed off, (laughs) right. (laughs) So, so when I saw this finger sensor uh, from from iFleet, I was really really excited. I thought it would be the perfect solution, but it, it's, it's, if you've been to the hospital and you've seen how they clip a thing onto the end of your finger, that's what yeah. it is. Uh, it looks like a blue toboggan for your fingertip and uh, it's rubber and it's got a cord that comes out of it and it plugs into the headphone jack on your uh, smartphone. And the issue that I've had with that is that it takes me anywhere from five to 20 minutes to get a reading. And, Again, I'm willing to deal with that for a few weeks, but, but it's a long time I'm, to I'm not, commit to. Yeah, if if, if on it t- if it takes the first 12 to 20 minutes of my day to get a reading, I'm only going to put up with that for a few days or a few weeks and, and even as I'm putting up with it then I'm I'm trying to figure out like what's the what's a better solution for this. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, too
1: much resistance for uh
0: for uh, it becoming a routine for Yeah, you. exactly. So it's it's another great idea. It just it's not working yet so <laughs> yeah somebody please <laughs> <laughs> somebody
1: please we are we're begging you please solve this uh yeah i mean yeah that, that's that's it's such a common phenomenon and and i think that whenever there's a new gadget out there whenever there's a new crowdfunding project a new new uh new uh a paper release of a product uh the first thing that that uh crept through my mind previously was you know like what what are the sensors like what 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 are where are the tech specs and nowadays, uh, you know like owning owning uh, uh <laughs> way too many of these devices nowadays, the first question is, is this actually going to stick, or is it a toy that I'll be playing a couple of weeks, couple of months around w- with and uh and uh then then maybe maybe finding that obsolete or just you know like feeling that i I got the most out of that exercise and, and moving on well,
0: and that's one of the things that I found really interesting about the European version of Biohacker Summit compared to some of the other conferences I've seen is that, you know, yes, we happen to be having a conversation about some of the technology that that we use, but as a whole, the European mindset, at least in my experience, has been more about using what nature has given us as as a way to hack biology and and performance as opposed to turning to technology for a pill or, or a pill for a solution.
1: Exactly I, I find that personally intriguing and something that's often overlooked in a, in a world obsessed by gadgets and mm-hmm. and silver bullets
0: yeah I mean the solutions or, or fixes for a lot of the stuff we're looking at are are right in front of us and and I think that's why this weekend was so much fun and you know getting to work on breath work and and the all the hermetic stuff that we did and, and all that was in nature and talking about foraging for food and eating locally and finding the the things around you that uh, the foods that grow around where you live that can optimize your immune system or, uh, help with brain function and, you know, all that good stuff.
1: Exactly. Brian, it's been a massive pleasure sharing this adventure with you to all of our listeners. I think, uh, the synthesis, the synthesis of all this could be go walk in forests. Uh, the best biohacks are, are, uh, at, at, uh, at these, they start at your backyard.
0: And if you find a frozen pond Definitely jump in. Definitely but jump sure in. Make sure somebody's there to make sure you don't drown.
1: <laughs> exactly. Make sure you don't drown. But definitely push those limits. Keep on pushing those limits and uh, expose yourself. Find a place where you feel vulnerable. We were sleeping in a in a freezing forest uh, at, at the beginning of winter. It was first it was wet, then it was freezing. But in the morning, we still did our morning exercise. We we felt, or at least I personally felt, very connected in the morning doing those exercises uh, done by. Done by Tomi Koko and uh, and uh, Ben. Uh, we were just standing there in the middle of the forest, doing some Kundalini uh, breathwork exercise and some some jumping jacks and and uh, yeah. To, to me personally, that's at the very core of what we should be looking at. That's that's after all that that's something that's accessible to everyone.
0: Yeah, it is. I I don't think there's anybody that isn't able to just go outside and and move and connect. De, you know decompress and disconnect from the daily grind and, and all that and, you know reconnect to nature and, and you get perspective on what's really important
1: exactly it's simple powerful get outdoors guys ryan thank you so much so good hanging with you man we should do it this more often my pleasure let's do it again all right all right simon and ryan from the biohacking crazy train signing out from the superhero podcast stay healthy thank you simo Thanks for listening to
0: the Amber Knight Superhero
1: Podcast. Please check out the links, show notes, and other episodes at ambronitecom slash
0: podcast. That's A-M-B-R-O-N-I-T-E dot com slash podcast. Thanks again, and catch you in the next episode.